What is going on, everybody? My name is. Wait. Where the f do I start? What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the Pod Gods. My name is Jake Latrell, media marketing president of Zimbabwe. I was gonna say another country, Zimbabwe. You're a trillionaire there. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. We gave away ten trillion dollars. Yeah. No, no, it was was it Zimbabwe? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Forty cents in America. Yep. Brady Hall and EXP Realty, Tyler Miller team, um, slinging houses since. 02. Nice. 2002. Nice. Uh, should we... Where's he going? He's, he's coming back. He's leaving. He's back. Let's talk about this. What? Oh, yeah. First ever merch. Yeah. Of the oh, pod shit. gods. Yeah. Stanley, thank you, my wonderful girlfriend, Maddie, for giving this for me. Very cool. Now we That's have to cool. Let me see it. I didn't even really like look at yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's super nice. Yeah, yeah. Is it actually like a Stanley? Oh, it is a Stanley. Yeah. Yeah, you no, that's basic some... basic bitch. <laughs> yeah. You need to put some stickers on there, too. The pod got stickers. Oh, the QR code or something. I wonder if you can get it laser etched in there, the QR code. Oh, I would assume. That'd be kind of cool. That would be. I don't know if it'd work, but... But uh, I walk into the office today and... First thing Jake says to me is, are you ready for the end of the world? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so let me, I'll say my side before you interrupt. Okay. Okay. Uh, I'm here's, here's what I'm saying. Um, the WEF has been saying, watch out. What is WEF? World Economic Forum. Okay. The leaders of it, or leader, I don't know, has been saying for the past couple of years, um, well, I'll say this, before COVID happened, they have been saying, watch out, there's probably going to be a pandemic. And lo and behold, COVID happened. And then now they're saying 2025, there's going to be a big cyber attack, which I don't know how they would predict that. That's so weird. Unless they're doing it. Hey, I'm. <laughs> you're just saying this. Yeah, your I'm story. just saying you what I hear. You keep going. Um, so I'm like, that's weird. And, you know, the older you get, you realize. You can't trust the government. They're not looking out for you. That's not that controversial. No, to say. no, no, it's not. Um, That's pretty factual. You know, you want you, younger, you're like, why would the government do that the, to their own citizens? But then you get older and you realize, like, oh, it's a business. Like, Everything they're, is. They're trying to make money. Um, anyways, so then uh, Leave the World Behind or whatever, that new movie that just came out. Obama produced it? Sure. Okay. Well, that's about like off the grid. And um, and then there's been a huge solar storm that's happening. And uh, we're supposed to lose power. The grid's supposed to collapse. And then also there's like five or six billionaires that are making right now underground doomsday bunkers. Like, for example, Mark Zuckerberg's is in Hawaii worth over $100 million. So... And also, on a podcast, there's this old CIA guy that was in the CIA. He's on a podcast, and the host asked him, um, what is, like, as someone who's worked in the CIA, what do you think is the craziest thing that you've ever heard or something that we should be afraid of or know that, that you know, isn't classified? And he said, 
honestly, the biggest thing is people don't realize how fragile our grid is. And, mm. and so I'm just saying, you know, it's been on my mind. And after you have a kid, Mike, Mike sorry, Mike, sorry, right Mike. now, we're in the <laughs> middle of a talk. After you have a kid and as you get older, you start thinking about the future and what that's going to be like for Felix. You want to protect your kid at all costs oh, and your sure. wife or fiance or partner. And so what's been comforting for me is I've been looking into just to have, I know it's, you know, I'd rather have it and not need it than need it and not have it. I, like a solar powered generator um, and a food supply for like three months, just little buckets that I can put in the basement and some water supply. That's it. If shit hits the fan, cool. If it doesn't, even better. But like, I'd rather just have it in the basement, sitting in a corner, just in case for a rainy day, if something happens. That's not that crazy. No, it's not that crazy. Yeah. And I want to get a gun and write a manifesto. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but, you know, I just feel, you know, the, with the way the world's going, it's getting crazy. And I just... Oh, the world's crazy. Every single day, it's crazier. Yeah. It's just how it is. So... I, I feel like there's nothing we can do about anything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the things I can control, I'd rather have a little bit of preparedness... Um, like a generator in case power goes out, food in case, you know, something happens to our food supply chain and water, just, you know, the basics just in case. Back to the caveman days. Yeah, you never know. So, and the world, I mean. How would you, how would you, how do you think you would be? Like, how would I handle it? Yeah, like Not well. completely off grid. Um, like, gotta kill shit for food. Yeah, I mean, I would do what I have to do. You know what I mean? Or I would learn or try to learn. Yeah. But as it stands right now, I probably wouldn't do well. I don't know how to skin a deer and, you know, I know how to fish. I can That's shoot a, a gun. Well? Not bad. Like, I used to shoot the shotgun at the... Um, at Cabela's? The clay pigeons. No, at my <laughs> uncle's uh, deer shack. Clay pigeons are fun. They are super fun. Well, <clears throat> sounds like the world's going to end here soon. Um, it's all right. I hope not, but I'm just saying, if it does, you know, not, and I don't think it's going to end. I just think there's going to be, like, a, a catastrophe. How long do you think that'll last? Um, if the grid goes out, probably three to six months, because it's such a fragile infrastructure and all the stuff we have like the the um electric grid and like this oh, fuck, i don't know what they're called but we get them from overseas we don't build them here so we'd have to like have it built get it sent over here and i don't i think they would do it on purpose it's like a anyways. money yeah money no not even money i think it's power i think it's money you think it's Dude, they have infinite money. Yeah. It does, money to them is nothing. Any, like, they, they got to that goal of, like, okay, we have money. We have all the money. Now it's, like, what else is there? Power. Let's take out the internet so they can't communicate. Let's take out, you know. What is that going to do for them, though? It makes us reliant on them. That's what they want. That's truly what they want. Because when, when we rely on them, they have all the power. So... Yeah. I don't think it's that crazy. And I think I, a I lot. I don't think it's like not, not crazy though. Yeah. Well, 
and I don't, negative there. I think a lot of people probably in some sense feel that way or think that way. What, that they want power? Just everything I've said. That some, I feel like in my gut something's about to happen and people are just, I feel like everybody kind of feels that like we had the pandemic, okay, what's next? What do they have planned for us next? I think it's kind of like planned obsolescence. Yeah. You see all the Epstein stuff? Yeah, and that too, I That's think. That's wild. Is, and they're releasing it, a delayed release of the names. It's like, what are you distracting us from? What's going on? What is this? Uh... And that too, it's like Alex, you know Alex Jones? Yeah, that dude's That dude's crazy. Crazy, but he told everybody about Epstein Island 10 years ago. Yeah. He told everybody about uh, the Bilderberg Group, the, all these things that all of a sudden years later is like, oh, wow, he was right. That's crazy. So I don't even trust our tap water. I have a reverse osmosis water filtration. We have chlorine, heavy metals, fluoride, all this stuff in our water. Got to go to Orock. Orock? Get, get that clean well, well water. water. Yeah. Yeah. So. Anyway, let's talk about your origin story. Okay. <laughs> this is gonna be a long clip in the beginning um, i want to know everything and anything yeah uh which is just where i was born where you're born you fucking cake eater yeah we'll uh, start there <laughs> and then we'll just kind of go from there i know you went through a lot of shit see yeah. a lot of shit smoke crack out of a light bulb and yeah. snorted cocaine out of a male's asshole so. yeah a typical tuesday uh, no, never smoked crack, never snorted whatever you cocaine. just... Cocaine out of a... Man's. Man's. Asshole. asshole. Uh, yeah. Never did that. Not yet. Uh, yeah, so... Praying every day yeah. that opportunity comes. Uh, I was born in Edina, Minnesota, December 11th, 1988. Um, oh, that was a couple days ago. Yeah, it was like a at, month ago. At, at least seven days. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so I grew up in Edina, went to school there. Parents got divorced when I was three. Um, an only child, which sucks. Everybody's always like, oh, you're spoiled. And Were I probably you? was. Yeah, I mean, Edina. No, see, that's a, we weren't rich. Was this, my mom's a single mom, worked as a, as a flight attendant. Like, that's not, that's not, dude. If, and our house was not big. Where'd you graduate from? Edina. All right. Well, I'm telling you, I did not have like a... Where'd you live right next to? It was, it was like the across kitty corner to the country club, but like outside the... I, know, I wish I had a picture. I'll put up a picture of the house I grew up in. You guys would be like, what? But yeah, so parents got divorced when I was three. Um, How'd that affect you right away? Nothing? I mean, you um, don't remember. I don't it. remember like when they separated. Yeah. Because I was so young, but I do remember, you know... Like my dad coming to pick me up, and then so that kind of sucked because like in Edina, all the all my friends, their parents were still together and rich as hell. Um, some of them. I mean, there's okay. Everybody thinks that everybody's rich in Edina, and it's they just are. not true. It's not true. There's a lot of poor people in Edina. Surprisingly, poor people. Yes. What are you considering poor? Like only make like half a million a year. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, but it's not everybody's rich in Edina. But anyway, so... What do you think the average 
annual income, income? in Edina is? That's actually a good question. Um, I don't know. 300000 No, less than that. I think I'm going to Google this. Yeah, yeah. You keep going. No, 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 because I want you to be listening and not half in, half out. Average in annual income, income in Edina. Edina, Minnesota. I'm guessing maybe a hundred. No way. I made a hundred. Yeah. That's not average though in any circumstance. So like that's even that's high. The average annual income is like thirty eight thousand a year. With in a the median US. age of forty four point eight and a medium household income of hundred and twenty five thousand. Yeah. Yeah. In twenty twenty two. Yeah. You think all of a sudden? One hundred twenty-five. That dude. That's huge. Yeah. No. That's what I. I yeah. Like that, that's a big. That's a. That's a lot of money. That's a lot. My mom didn't make that. I can tell you that. <laughs> so, anyways. So yeah. Um, only child. I would go back and what? The average household income in Edina is one hundred seventy-nine thousand nine hundred ninety-one dollars. Okay. With a poverty rate of what do you think? Define poverty. Poverty? Does that mean like homeless and no. living on welfare? Poverty is like under that average, probably. Oh, okay. Average po- poverty rate of guess? Yeah. Like a percentage? Yeah. Um, I'm guessing like 4%. 4.27. Yeah. That's not, I mean. That's not, that's such a small number. Yeah, no, I, I didn't. <laughs> I'm just saying that people think everybody in Edina is rich, and it's not true. It's not not true though. Uh, what? Okay, in Minnesota, we're all right. We got average. We get your average this, annual yeah, yeah. salary is fifty-one thousand, and I'm going to stop it right there and just let that sink in. You're not okay. That the average in. Edina yes. is almost four times the average in Minnesota. Yeah, and that's how I, we're going to end that conversation. Edina is a wealthy city, but the, my whole thing was wealth, not everybody wealth, in Edina is rich. Wealthiest? Wealthiest city? No, wealthiest is... It's not Edina, though. No, and I'm not talking shit about Edina, because Edina was amazing. Look at there. Edina, top of the list. Number one. Richest city in Minnesota. Forbes. It isn't. Number it's one. Minnetonka Beach, Sunfish Lake, Woodland, Greenwood, with a mean household income of 351000 Edina's not even on this list. Minnetonka Beach. You just lied. You said it's on top of the list. <laughs> and we're looking at the same list. Minnetonka Beach. All right, but all right, let's Sunfish get through Sunfish Lake? We're stuck on Edina. We're never going to get through this. Yeah, because they're... Just admit you're a cake eater. Admit people in Edina are wealthier yeah, I never than 90% s- no, of the people I in Minnesota. I know, but I'm saying, though, that we weren't at all rich. Okay. That's what I... And, I, and my whole thing was people think that everybody in Edina... So if I say, hey, I'm from Edina, they automatically go, oh, you lived in a mansion... Oh, you're rich. Oh, that was my thing. Of course, Edina. I loved Edina, by the way. 
Why? Because you were surrounded by a bunch of rich people? No, because I it was an amazing like household. Okay, we 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 are way off topic. Your house that you lived in with your parents probably uh-uh. twice uh-uh. as uh-uh. big as uh-uh. the house. We moved there four years ago. What about for, before that? They never owned a home. We're in a shelter. No, no, no. I didn't. We just rented. Okay, but how big was the house? The house we rented? Yeah. I shared a room with my brother my whole life until we got into this house four years That's ago. It's not that crazy. No, it's not, I'm not. I'm just saying we didn't have a big house. It was okay. probably only 1,200 square feet. But we had a water fountain out <laughs> in the driveway, which is pretty right. badass, and a huge koi pond that had a 30-foot okay, waterfall. All right. So, <laughs> But we rented. Who's we the know. cake eater here? Uh, rented? No, we, we weren't rich and like my parents tell me that like we were they were like we struggled forever yeah until my dad like really grew to yeah no my and now now yeah they're probably well pretty wealthy i love how we're like (laughs) i mean they they probably he probably makes half a mil a year fuck that's a lot of money yeah i'm like a fifth of the way there yeah i'm gonna catch him one day yeah um, all week? right, we're stuck. I might have to cut. I'll leave some of that, but that is such a long. Okay, so drawn Edina, out. you're you're rich, uh, but not rich. Whatever that means. Shut up! <laughs> this is such a dead joke at this point. All right, so um, divorced elementary school. How was that? Yeah, so elementary school was great. Uh, I had fun, and it was just a normal childhood. A lot of good friends. Yeah, the only thing that. I always felt like I like stood out because my parents were divorced and I was an only child and I'd yeah. go over to like my friend's house and they have like older brothers and siblings and their parents were together and you know my mom flew she's a flight attendant so I would be like staying at random people's houses whether it be like friends or my cousin's house or you know whatever your dad's house or my dad's house but um so yeah it was kind of like chaotic and like lonely at times because if something happened like it wasn't like i can just go talk to my brother or sister like so it's kind of like i had to like internalize a lot of shit um but yeah school was fine i was kind of like the class clown even in elementary school and then middle school uh is where i kind of started to like you don't you start going through puberty and i started to struggle with school and um I remember in, like, sixth or seventh grade, I, like, really tried to apply myself and really do well in school, and I only got Bs and Cs because it's just so boring. Like I, like, I just don't get how teachers expect students to sit there and talk about numbers and all this stuff, and it was just, like, it's not fun, and I just I didn't have the discipline to, like, grind out homework and get home and have video games and TV, but be like, okay, I'm not going to do those. I'm going to sit down and do my homework. But I really tried one year. And when I realized I only got B's and C's and like one D, I was like, all, right, all bets are off. Like, fuck all this. I'm just going to do what I can. But like, once I get home, I'm not doing homework. It's so boring. So. Did you like math? Math? Yeah. Uh, no. <clears throat> I, I loved math. Did you? Yeah. What, what did I like? I liked uh, reading. I like. I like reading. I like writing. Really? Um, yeah. I, I suck at both of those. Really? Dude, I can't. Even I can't. if you even if you find like a really good book, 
I can't spell. Really? I can't spell worth a shit. What's your vocabulary like? Terrible. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. It's terrible. That's right. It does, it's not I noticeable. know what contingency means, so that's a huge, <laughs> that's a big thing Yeah. <laughs> for me. That's cool. Um, briefly, be tough for me to spell that right, right now correctly. Just try. Even Wednesday? Try briefly. B-R-I-E-F-L-Y? Yeah. Watch, we, I got it wrong, so I'm like, yeah, and on the <laughs> screen, it's like, eh. <laughs> We're both um, wrong. But yeah, so school was a struggle for me. Um, I always wanted to be liked by everybody. Yeah, I, had like I this, think most people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I always had this like people-pleasing mentality and didn't want to let anybody down and make wanted to make everybody feel or like laugh or feel good. Um, Class clown? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was just like a defense mechanism for like... What was like, happening at home? Yeah. And, and it's not like... What was happening at home that made you feel um, like that? Seeing your dad do things or... Yeah. Like there was like one time specifically my dad picked me up and he was drunk. And my mom and dad got into it and were like, you're not taking my son. You're drunk and blah, blah, blah. And that like stuck with me. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like none of my friends deal with this. Like why am I... So like I dealt with like probably like abandonment issues and stuff like that and uh yeah so middle school was a struggle and I was trying to find myself I'd like just like everybody is Yeah yeah yeah, yeah. through puberty it's like you're trying to find like what identity Who am, I? am I a punk rock kid am, am I, I like uh, yeah so am I going to change gender like you got to <laughs> No I mean yeah that's what's crazy anyways but <laughs> like these days like yeah kids are something royally confused with all the societal pressures of, you know, social media and yeah. So um, getting into high school, what was what was where was life at? Still, um, so I started smoking weed in eighth grade. Okay, and not even because I wanted to, it was because like I didn't even need an escape by being high. It was just like I wanted to be cool. I wanted to be like oh the edgy smoke a J. Yeah. Is that was that the first thing? No, uh how do like smoke a bowl. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was back back then it was the, the catchphrase was like dank. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was like um and I really looked up to my cousin who smoked weed and me and my buddy Alec were like the first two to smoke well, I think the first two to smoke weed. I was like, Whoa, like those kids are cool. Like, were you guys how, cool or were you no, guys like the no, like, we're stoner like kids. scummy stoner punk rock like not like the losers. athletic popular kids no but i was also friends with them too yeah. i was kind of like i would i was friends with everybody but like i had like two core groups of friends who weren't friends with each other they weren't enemies but um so like i would try and mingle with the cool kids like dan out in la he was part of, like, the cool kid group, and it kind of made like me... Like, cool kid, like, athletic cool kid group? Well, there was athletic kids in it, but he was just, like, the popular kids. Yeah. Um, and so, like, that made me feel, like, normal. Yeah. Like, I was like, oh, even though my parents are divorced, I had, like, a weird childhood. Like, I feel normal around them. And then there's, like... I, want, I don't want to say the outcast, but kind of, like... Kinda the stoner the, kids? Yeah, like... That was, like, my other identity. So it was, it's hard. I, yeah, I had trouble, like, finding myself where I fit in. And who were, so, was, were like, was Chris in that group? Chris, yeah, was so. in the stoner group. Um, but then there was, like, friends inside of the friend 
groups and it was just school's weird because it was kids are confused they don't know what they want yeah. they're puberty and all this stuff but so started smoking eighth grade jesus yeah i think it was i want to say going into ninth grade summer going into ninth grade okay yeah um so now we're in high school you're chilling vibing you got two friend groups yeah kind of liked by everybody just vibe and still have problems at home with your parents not even problems it was that was just normal yeah there wasn't any like yeah at the time yeah i just had been used to it but yeah i always struggled with like anxiety and so then did you get caught by one of your parents smoking weed um where did like the big change happen so like 10th grade i was just doing terrible in school like f's or what yeah every class Mm, I want to say C's, D's, and a couple F's. Okay. Um, and so my mom, one day, was like, you're going to military school. Boom. Just like that. Life change. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? And it was in Texas. And so, whatever. I go to Texas for like five, six months um, to military school. I met a bunch of cool people there. Like, really close. Like, when you go through bullshit, stupid, hard stuff like that with the people you're around, it's like you become really close. It's yeah. like when people are in the actual military yeah. that they serve with their, like, brothers. Yeah. And so, yeah, but, like, the people that were at the military school were, like, also, they weren't there because they wanted to be there. It was, like, degenerate, failing, drug addict, whatever it was, you know. Did you parents know you were smoking weed at that time oh right? i'm sure yeah. yeah and i'm pretty sure you know my mom would fly and i'd be home so like i would have a parties at my house my cousin lived with us at one point so like he would he was like four or five years older he would have people over i would have people over drinking smoking whatever it would get chaotic um but yeah it was just uh so yeah i went to military school three of the like my friends died Years later that I went to military school with from, like, either drug overdose or suicide. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Um, anyway, so, yeah, high school was weird, but... So then you come back and you're just thrown right back into Edina? Yeah. That's so weird. Like, and how did people react to that? Well, like, I remember I came back and then it felt good because it, like, it was like, oh, my God, Jake. Like, I felt like I was like... I was getting Welcome. all this praise. Welcome back. Oh, my God. It's so good to see you. And then I just went back. You know, the first couple of weeks I get back, I'm like, I'm running. I'm making my bed. I'm, you know, being disciplined. You, ch- you changed. Yeah. But as soon your as parents like, are like, it worked. Yeah. But then, you know, you get back into your old ways real quick if you have no accountability. And so I started smoking weed again and drinking and um then by, you know, senior year, it was like I was failing every class. I had to take a semester after high school, like in like a summer alternative school, school yeah. for a semester to finish classes. So that sucked. And so you graduate high school now. Yeah. How, what's your record look like? Any my minors? GPA? No, no. Oh, my. Like, no. I, oh, yeah. Well, I have two DWIs. Yep. They're from. High school? No. Okay. It was like. When I was one, when I was nineteen, and one when I was like twenty-one. Fuck. Yeah, but that's that was over ten years ago. So spent the nights in jail, though. Oh yeah. And the second one, I spent a week in uh, the workhouse, which is like you can be there and then you get to leave to go to work, but have to come back. 
and spend your nights in jail Bro. whenever you get off work. And then I had an ankle bracelet. No. House arrest for like, I can't even, like six months maybe. Holy. Yeah. So pretty depressing times. How was that? Sucked. So this is like right basically oh, out, of, then, out of high school. Now no, you're no, no, no. This was like, I, I think I was 24 because I got arrested again because I missed community service. Oh. So you've been arrested three times. I think four. Four I don't times? Remember. Yeah. Spent no, jail no felonies. All, all four times. Yeah. Longest was a week. Yeah. But on work. But it was like, yeah, work. You go to the workhouse. Yeah, so. Arrested four times. Yeah. Spent four nights in jail at least. Probably a week. Um, what was that like? It sucked. Yeah. I was wearing red shoes at the time when I got in there and like, you can't wear red shoes in here. You're going to get fucking killed. And luckily when I went in the first day, uh, I got in there at like nighttime. So I went to bed, woke up the next day, went to, slept uh, on what? Just a cot. Yeah. Yeah. I was luckily it was in a cell by myself. Oh, that's huge. But, uh, woke up, then went to breakfast, like the, the cafeteria and one of the guys there knew me from community service that I did like a year ago. For what? I don't remember. Okay. I think it was DWI. Okay. Um, so yeah, I was like, Hey, yo. And I'm like, Oh, thank God. And he's like, I think I, we did uh, community service together. And I'm like, thank the Lord. Cause I was like, I don't know anybody here. Don't know yeah. the etiquette protocols of what, how to act, who to sit with, what to do. But it was, you know, it was the workout house. It wasn't like actual, like prison. Yeah. Yeah, you're in your jumpsuit and fucking sucked. What did you do for work? I worked at Home Depot at the time. Oh. Yeah. So you just, they would drive, like a van would drop you off at Home Depot? At- no, 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 no. My mom would pick me up. Oh. It was in, the, the workhouse was in Plymouth. And, uh, and my mom lives in Minnetonka. So it was like literally almost down the street from where my mom lived. Um, yeah, so that sucked. And, uh, how'd that affect your parent, you and your parents relationship? I mean, I just, at the time I didn't realize it, but like now if like now as a parent, if my kid got in all that trouble, like I did, I'd be mortified. I'd be stressed every day, all day. Do you think your parents were, but didn't show it? Oh, they showed it. Yeah. More so through anger. My mom would be furious. Just yeah. like, fuck. But like my mom and dad got back together when I was like 23. So this is like, you've been to jail a couple times now. Yeah. And they get back together. Yeah, so, like, my mom and got, dad got divorced when I was three, got back together when I was 23-ish, somewhere around there, and then we're together for, like, three years until my dad passed away, and then, um, I feel like I have a lump in my head. Um, but, yeah, so, he had, we'll just get into that, he had, like, four back surgeries, and he... The last back surgery he had, it, it was like complicated and had some complications and whatever. And he wasn't going to work and he was staying home, taking like opiates, like painkillers and drinking. And I remember like he was like rocking in his chair one time like this. 
like, and just was like this, had this thousand mile stare. And like, I think, I really think he died from like something that went wrong with the surgery. Yeah. Like got an infection and it went to his brain, something. Cause he was like way off. It was weird. Uh, and he was always like so smart and like very intuitive and like could just read people. Um, but yeah, my mom was flying. She was in China. I was home with my dad in our apartment that we all lived in. And I left in the morning to go to work. And then at work, I was like, oh, I don't feel well. Like something's wrong. Like I just don't feel well. Uh, at work, I made an appointment to go to the doctor's. And this person that I met in rehab, we didn't really get into rehab, but... We'll get there. I mean, well, it's not really... I don't know. There wasn't really much to talk about, but um, picked me up from Home Depot, brought me home because I wanted to get my laptop before I went to the doctor's just because I was going early because that's the only time I could get a ride there. Um, and so... Because you don't have your license. No. Because it's revoked because yeah. of the D-dubs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's, that's wild. Yeah. So I get into the apartment, she's waiting in the car downstairs and she's like eerily quiet. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? Like dad, dad. And I like go into my mom and dad's room and my dad's there and I'm like, dad. And like, he wasn't waking up and like he had passed away. I was like, dad, like yelling his name and like, it was just. It was scary as shit. It was my mom's in China, my dad's dead. Like my friends waiting downstairs. I run downstairs. And I'm like, Amy, I think my dad's dead. Like freaking out. Like so scary. Like I don't even know how to explain it. Like if you've you've probably seen a dead body before, right? Even at like a funeral, it's just yeah. like the creepiest, scariest. And it's your parent, and it's just it's like mortifying. And um and like. So she calls the cops, cops come, and then, like, a uh, ambulance comes to take him away, check on him, whatever. And the cops are, like, interviewing me, being like, uh, so how do you know Amy? Like, like, basically interrogating me, like, asking, like, basically if I killed my dad. It was just fucking horrible. And then the worst thing I had to do, I think, was call my mom in China. Oh. The time difference and... Uh, there's always this emergency number on the fridge. If like anything happens, you call this United Airlines number, and then they'll get a hold of her because I can't just call her in China. Yeah. Um, so I called that number, explained to the lady what happened, and she's like, "Oh my god." And she then my mom ends up calling me back, like an hour later, and I tell her, and she's like freaking out, screaming and crying. Um. And, the, and then so she has to fly home, and I'm just thinking, like, about her. Cause it's like a 20-hour flight. It's, it's like 18 hours just flying home on the plane, knowing that that's, she's by herself, and it's just, I don't know, horrible. But um, so, yeah, that happens. Was, <laughs> <laughs> so that happening, Yeah. did that change things for you in your life yeah yeah i mean i just became at that time i was sober yeah. and life was starting to change <clears throat> yeah i was sober but then as soon as my dad passed it was like 
me and my mom became like enemies. Like we were both going through shit mentally, emotionally. And, you know, at the time I like had gotten, my dad died. So I just stopped going to work and I, uh, yeah, it was just horrible. My, I felt like a piece of shit. My mom was struggling, you know, I had to go to work and I was just sitting at home. I'd wake up in my pajamas, stay in my pajamas all day, just like doing nothing, just depressed, uh, doing drugs, like Xanax. I got back into that and all this stuff. And what got you out of that? Um, I had gone to rehab again. After? Yeah. So, so you I had went gone to, once You went to before. rehab before. Yep. Where'd you go that first time? Fairview, Riverside. Okay. In like and downtown Minneapolis. Was that for alcohol? No, drugs? it was never for alcohol. It was for like opiates and Xanax. Okay. And it, where did, would you even, like how, how bad, um, how bad did it get? Like, like you, you popping pills every day. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Not knowing where the fuck you are or like. I mean, I would take it so much that 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 was like my baseline. Like I, that was, you know. Feeling sober sucked type of deal. Yeah. Sober, I would just withdraw from, you know, Xanax, which is deadly. Yeah. Like to withdraw from that. And then same with painkillers. And so take being on the pills was like, okay, I can function. Uh, But it was, you know, I'd get them online. I'd get them. Wherever I could, you just, yeah. if you're a drug addict, like you just find it, you find them, you know what I mean? If yeah. you're desperate enough, you go out of your way, you can find it. And at the time I realized like, I, I was, I, I would say everybody, I feel like everybody's an addict to an extent in something, whether yeah. it be business or coffee or nicotine yeah. or sex or whatever, porn, who knows, but everybody has that in them. A little bit exercise yeah um but at the time i i feel like i was taking that stuff because my self-worth was just so low i felt so bad about the direction of where my life was going um and just like who i became yeah. as a man it was, it was just embarrassing so then you went to rehab came yep. back you were sober yeah i was sober for like five years wow that's amazing and then i remember i ended up what sorry your dad the whole that whole situation with your dad kind of i spiraled you spiraled right back into where you kind of were like yeah even worse no uh probably about the same but it didn't last long until my mom and i sat down like it was like i need to go back do something about this so then at that point where did you go uh hazelden Okay. And luckily, like somehow my mom, my mom's insurance rolled over and she got put on like a default insurance that happened to cover Hazelden. Oh, wow. Which is like Hazelden's expensive. And her like, insurance. That's where Chris Farley went. Yeah. And Mark like, Arvold. Yeah. And it just, yeah. Ha- yeah. And it just happened to cover. Do you remember some of the nurses or some of the people that were there? Yeah. This guy, we had like a counselor. His name was Nick. I don't, I'm not going to say his last name, but Nick. And he was awesome. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the counselors there are drug addicts. Yeah. Like so ex. Like, what? Ex, yeah, yeah. 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 Not not active drug addicts, <laughs> but yeah, ex drug addicts and um, are in the program. And even detox. I I can't remember the lady's name, but yeah, there's just been so many people along the way that 
you know, make an influence in your life that kind of help you during those shitty times. Yeah. Yeah. So how long were you at Hazleton? 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. You're out. I'm out. I stay sober for five. Oh, I go into a sober house um, with all these guys still talk to to this day. Some are sober, some aren't, but amazing group of guys. Uh, Bob, my mentor, he's sober. He's Because then you get into AA meetings, right, too? Yeah, I was going to AA meetings. Yeah. yeah. You had to if you're in the sober house. You had yeah. to go, I think, four times a week, five times a week. Is that like... Is it like the movies where it's like, my name's Jake, and everyone's like, hi, Jake. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, AA meetings are awesome, though. Yeah? Yeah. They're awesome. I should go. Is that what you're saying? No, no. I mean, <laughs> unless you feel like you no, need to. No, 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 no it's, it's seriously awesome, though. Um, it helped me a lot. And then after being sober for like five, four or five years, I ended up drinking again, and it just, it was different. Yeah. I wasn't like, where, I need so more. I where, need, where are you at? That's wise. probably, I was 28, 29, 30. 27. Okay. Um, and it was just, yeah, I was like, I was working at a nursing home. I felt like I was providing something. I was doing a s- people's service by helping the elderly. I was, I, I just, I didn't feel like a piece of shit. So I didn't feel like I had to supplement drugs to make myself artificially feel better. Yeah. And that's kind of like how it's been ever since now, luckily, but. So then 27, 28, you're starting to work at the nursing home. I think I started working there at like, I may have my dates mixed up, but it's been all blurred, but like I started working at the nursing home. I worked there for eight years. Okay. So I don't know when that I'm 35. So, oh yeah. I kept thinking I was 32. Yeah. So like 27, 28. Okay. So then where does, where does gene come into play that's years like three years ago four years ago okay so what's in between you starting the nursing home job and yeah and so I, I was living in st paul and sober Grand Avenue. still drinking um, here and there or like, yeah so, like it wasn't out of control though yeah. i was never like you know I, I never spiraled again yeah i would still have bouts of depression and but that's been normal since i've been a child i've always had like anxiety and depression like my first fear is like a six-year-old was carbon monoxide, like hardcore fear. I've always had like, like irrational fear of things and I don't know, but, um, yeah. So living in St. Paul, I ended up living with my best friend, Alec, uh, in Bloomington. That was awesome. I was living with my best friend. We would hang out and it kind of gave me a chance to like have someone else like hold me accountable because I'd get sad and depressed, but there'd always be like another person there that would be like, Hey, let's go. Let's go grab a drink. Yeah. Hey, let's watch a movie or so it's like, Oh, so annoying. I just want to be depressed right now. And then you You can't. Yeah. Yeah. Or you can, but it's, it definitely helps. Yeah. Yeah. But, and then, uh, ended up, I skipped out on all my like past two relationships, but they weren't nothing to talk about. Yeah. But Gene, though, we ended up, like, matching at... Do you know what Plenty of Fish is? No. It's, like, the scummiest like dating app. Yeah, like, before Tinder. Before Tinder, before yeah. Hinge. Yeah, Tinder was around, but I just had Tinder and Plenty of Fish, and 
we matched on there. I think we both signed up like the same day. Oh no! And way. then we matched and just got rid of it. And then our first date, we met at the depot in Hopkins. Oh, nice. Yeah, went on a walk, got coffee, and probably the worst first first date ever. Really terrible. Why? She's quiet. It was You're just depressed. Aw- like- yeah, yeah. No, <laughs> it's just, it was just awkward. And so how so- did you guys break that? We didn't. Like, it was awkward almost the whole time. We end up going our separate ways. And then later on that day, I text her and I was like, well, that was awkward. And she's like, yeah, it was or something like that. <laughs> and that broke the ice for yeah. us. We could both acknowledge like it was awkward because she's like naturally a shy person at first. Yeah. And isn't like super outgoing and like me, I guess. Not that I'm super outgoing, but I'm I can talk. If I need to break the ice and yeah, so that's what you did. So you guys kind of laughed about it. Yeah, and that's where you guys. Yeah, and then we went to go see a movie next, and it's a good good one. Can't yeah, really talk. Yeah, like yeah, <laughs> we kind of like I did the arm around her. She cuddled, <laughs> ladies, <laughs> lady man, <laughs> uh, not lady man, ladies man. Uh, lady. But yeah, it was it was cool. Um, but yeah, and then. We ended up finding a house. In Champlin. In Champlin. Uh, and then Did, were you guys... She was she pregnant, pregnant at the time. Okay. And that's when I was like, oh, we need to find a house. Yeah. And so, yeah, we found a house. We had Felix. And, yeah, everything's been... How'd you find Tom? My mentor, Bob... Knows Tom. Knows Tom. And was gave you the in there. Yeah. And then so, you guys, you and Tom kind of got together pretty well and felt like you guys connected pretty well yeah i mean tom is kind of a hard he's a hard ass so like it was good for you honestly yeah probably it kind of toughened me up a little bit in the business side and you started and then yeah at edge as a loan officer though yes and then then it kind of transitioned into yeah because i was making video president of the united states yeah (laughs) i i started making video content and editing and stuff and he who got you into podcasts who got me into podcasts? Yeah. Like, who was the first podcast you ever did? Uh, this was years ago. Like, years and years ago. Okay, what was your first podcast that you were like, oh, this was fun, I should do this? Uh, was it the you want to say you, but... Yeah, but was it no, the Fireside Chat with Tom and me? No, the one you was, just sent it me? wasn't. It was uh, with my cousin Ross. Good Sorry. job, Ross. But, I mean, look where we are now. I'm not with Ross, I'm with Brady. So sorry, Ross. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, and things have been, they've you know, been good. Yeah. I mean, we went to LA stable. Yeah. That's like really what I've been looking for my whole life is just stability where family and no chaos of drugs and alcohol and drama and trauma. And where do you want to go from here? Um, start my own. I mean, it'd be great if eventually this has sponsorships and, we could literally just do this and yeah. edit clips and that'd be awesome. Yeah. It'd be sweet. Honestly, if we could just do this and then I can give the footage to an editor, he could updo all that. And I just have to show up once a week. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? I, it's kind of where I'm do. at. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, I want to make sure I didn't put my, my real estate stuff's been busy lately. Yeah. 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 Four mentees, all that stuff. But like, so yeah, I, you go, I know you're saying this. Like, you don't want to be in Minnesota. No, I want to. Eventually, it'd be sweet to move to like the Southwest. 
Southwest. I thought you were trying to move to like Virginia Beach. I mean, I, literally anywhere that's like temperate weather. I just want to make sure I didn't miss anything in my Vegas? Uh, in my whole story here. I don't think you did. There was some stuff that I. Yeah, no, that was kind of the gist of it. But I just want to preface so you, like you went through a lot though. Yeah, but I just want to say like I had a in comparison to a lot of people. I had a pretty good protected childhood. Like I wasn't. Well, yeah, you were in Edina. Yeah. Okay. My parents were all, even though, you know, my dad struggled and my mom, you know, flew. And so she had to find people to watch. I had a pretty good childhood and a lot of people cared about me and loved me. And I was, you know, I, what? it was nice. Even though I feel like I only talked about the bad stuff and it wasn't all bad. What was some of the worst drugs you did? Worst drugs? Just opioids and... Oxycontin. Yeah. Um, Xanax. Xanax was honestly probably the worst and most dangerous. I would just take a handful and then with opiates and just fall asleep at my computer, wake up somehow and yeah. Do you ever worry about ODing? Or is um, that just like if it happens, it happens kind of deal? Like were you that deep into it? I was so deep point? in it that I wasn't thinking about ODing. Yeah. Even though I probably have multiple times but just didn't know because I was so out of it. Or, like, unconscious. But... Jesus Christ, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it's so crazy. Like, now, compared to then, it's, like, night and day and, you know. But it's it still can get, like, really dark for me. And, oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm, I've, like, mastered the art of Hiding putting it? on... Yes. Putting on a, that like... mask? Yeah. You've done... I've seen you do it. Yeah. It's it's nice though, like matching the energy of someone in the room, so that I don't have to. I don't know. Bring the energy when you yeah. don't want it or don't have it. Like if someone's crushing it, I don't want to come in and be like, "Oh man, I've been really sad lately," and they're <laughs> like, you know. Well, I'm writing two offers today. Get a million. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. When you always walk in with some like I'm successful vibe, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, um, but. I don't know. It was so. a lot. You've been through a lot. You've done a lot. You've seen a lot. But there's people out there that have, like, doesn't even scratch the surface of... Compared to my childhood and your childhood, <laughs> dude? Pretty fucked up. Yeah. Ask me. Well, yeah. But that's good. That's, that's one thing I liked about you is that you acknowledge, like, yeah, I loved my childhood. My parents a, are amazing. Dude, and amazing. I had it really good. I like, I like that because a lot of people try and impress people by how hard their childhood was early. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, come on, dude. And even me, like, I don't like to talk about it a lot. Cause like I had a really good childhood. It's just, there's been you had a really good childhood. Cause you had the opportunities to like be alone, have parties at your house, drink, <laughs> it's do oxys and Xanax. Like, yeah. It's all perspective. Right. That's what you wanted to do. So you did it. Yeah. And you had the opportunity to killed it. You you killed it at doing drugs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you did it. Um, so you made it. But no, it's it's kind of embarrassing to talk about my past because it's like ew, like because it is kind of it's it's kind of grimy, a little grimy. But it's what happened and it's shaped me into who I am today. And I feel like I could have not done all that stuff and I'd be way better off. But kind of now I feel like I'm more empathetic to 
people that are struggling or go through stuff and it's like yeah i mean everybody's struggling with their own things right yeah 100 percent. everybody is there's conversations i have with people all the time that i mean we we talk to i guess i talk to a lot of people where they're making a huge financial decision in their life yeah and a lot of times it's like on their up you know what i mean yeah and they're like god i never thought i would have been here yeah, or when they can't afford it and you have to tell them, like, hey, no, this isn't – I know you're struggling and you really want to get this house, but you just – you can't. That's tough, too. It is. Yeah. It's, it's even like me. Like, I don't think I'll be able to get a house. Not yet, but you will get a house. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Or not. When the grid goes out, you'll be back at your parents. <laughs> at that like point, how I circle back? Yeah. If the grid goes out, I'm going out. I'm going to be, be a caveman. Yeah. Live with my parents. We have a wood stove or wood wood burning fireplace. Nice. Like, we have axes. I'll chop down some trees if I need. Like Yeah, you are like in a perfect location if shit does hit the fan. Yeah, I'll just And you're around like farms too. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's farms everywhere out there. Yeah. If I could make my own farm. Yeah. Minecraft that shit. Punch yeah. trees and make crafting tables. That's a deep story though. I mean, you, you've been through a lot. I don't care what you say. You've been through a lot. You've created a lot of really close friends along the way, and you're yeah. still connected with them, and I think that's really cool. I am not so, I'm not connected with like, my friends from high school as well as you are. That's okay, though. Yeah, I, I, I totally yeah. understand that. But That happens. Sometimes you grow out of your friends. I did. I was yeah. talking about this with someone today. I, I grew out of some of the people in my past. Yeah. And this person I was talking to is growing out of some of the people in, in there current life yeah and it's starting to hit him and he doesn't know how to react i mean you can only try and bring other people up as much as you can but sometimes people just aren't ready for it and if sometimes yeah. you just gotta fly solo and i think that's what me and, me and maddie were yeah you know she still loved going out drinking with her friends and i'm like hey like that just ain't my vibe because yeah. that's just not who the person i am and i want to be i want to yeah. be this successful person agent podcast star with jake that I can yeah. be. You can still be successful, though, and party and stuff. Oh, yeah, you definitely but can, but I think it, it brings you down a lot. Yeah, what is it? You Drinking borrows tomorrow's happiness? Yeah. Was it something like that? So, I don't know. Yeah. I think you're doing really well, and I'm proud of you for everything you've overcome and, and got to where you are. Likewise. You, yeah. I tell everybody, I was like, your brain's crushing it. Thank you, man. I always brag about you. Yeah, I yeah. love what you're doing with editing and, and the business you're trying to create. I think you're going to go far. Right. We'll see. So. Is that it? That's it. All right, cool. Like, comment, subscribe. Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Not Coke. We're done with drugs. Oxy. Alright, bye. Now I'm doing well, you try to get close to me. This the type of shit smoke relief. I don't care enough to fall to you. Swear I'm only taking no from me. So I said, Listen, I've been hoping, drinking, I've been smoking. Smiling every person I see. And I've been trying to find a single fucking giver that don't ever give a fuck about me. I'm careless, I'm a drinkable.